Blog Talk Radio. Guessing game. 
And we would never, ever reach that higher ground that Stevie Wonder um, wrote about years ago. So how are you doing tonight, brothers and sisters? No, really, how are you and yours doing in this um, maze we call life? It can be a maze, can't it? It surely can. Well, Brother Seth, your brother, your your uncle, your cousin, your... <laughs> I've decided that what I would like to do with my life is, first of all, as I try to reach that higher ground, what, I, what my goal is, anyway, is to, first and foremost, on a personal level, just understand, first and foremost, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Father, the Bible says. So I hope and pray that I have the proper fear that I have the Father to reach that higher ground. And second of all, I hope that I don't just have the fear, but that I have the respect for the Most High in my life. And I hope that uh, I'm living uh, this life to the fullest and through my beliefs, not just thinking I'm believing something, preaching something, living another. I know that I have been a hypocrite, and I am a hypocrite in some areas of my life, in that I don't live every single thing I preach like most people. I want, I would, I would, I wish one day that would change to every single thing that in the word of the Most High Yah, I live. I am an example of. I am. I am. Exemplifies what the Father has said in His Word. I am, I am, I am a God. I would like to to one day be that God that He has called us to be, Elohim He's called us to be in the earth, a God, under God, of course, nowhere near who He is, but He have called us, brothers and sisters, to basically walk as He walked. You know what that means? That's a God. Y'all believe that? I'm going to say that again. The Most High have said in his, in his word, Be ye imitators of God. Be ye imitators. That means to be, to be just like him. Of God. Folks, we are to be as Christ was. Who was the express image? First John talks about. Book of John talks about chapter one. You know, Ephesians five, verse one talks about um, be ye followers of God. So, in another share, brothers and sisters, when we follow the Most High. Actually, let me get that. I want to read that actually, because I, I, I don't want to. Want y'all to. Get this, this is pretty deep. You know, the Father really wants us to walk in the power that He has given us. I know some of y'all say, Man, is this a Bible study? Well, not really. Tonight, brothers and sisters, is going to be talking about uh, for sure um, current events, what's happening in our world, what's happening in our country, what's happening in our state, our neighborhood, and even what's happening inside of us. But um, I was referring to Ephesians 5 and 1. It says, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. So that's that's how I'm trying to reach my higher ground, brothers and sisters, just simply trying to mimic what the Father thinks on this particular current event, what the Father thinks on uh, the Democratic Party, what the Father thinks 
uh, in his word what have he said about the Republicans, uh, what, what, what the Father has said about racism, what the Father has said about race based on color. No, really. That's what this program that we call the Five Smooth Songs is really all about, trying our best to talk about things that we know for sure with regards to what the Father has said in his word. It's a, it's a network, uh, based, biblical base for those of you that's just tuning in and you don't know what you've tuned into. You just saw us on uh, social media. Again, tonight, tonight, we're talking about current events from a biblical perspective. And we start off with the song playing Higher Ground, song uh, Higher Ground. And uh, uh, so we're trying to reach this higher reality, really, it's a better phrase, um, trying to walk as the Father walked the imitators of the Most High. That is, to me, the highest ground you could possibly walk in. So let's do this, brothers and sisters, that I take another uh, step further. Let's go ahead and invite the Most High, Yah, or God, as some of you call him, or Yahweh, Yahweh, or Yahuwah, into our uh, fairs tonight. I mean, some of you, I know you're very serious about your life and trying to live a higher life, a higher quality of life. You seek that this show, you clicked on the show because you uh, would like to either share some truth or you want to glean from uh, the co-host or myself or whoever's going to be calling, and you're serious about your time and your family and, and your mind and your spirit, and you want to know uh, what the most highest perspective is on what's happening, because some of you are feeling hopeless, some of you are not hopeless, but you just got a lot of questions. And you know that there's answers out there. So kudos to you for reaching out on social media and through the step, especially the Bible's on network, to get these answers. So at this time, I want to go ahead and just pray a little short prayer. If you agree with me, it's important to say yes or amen or so be it. Or, okay? Well, let's do this. Let's invite our Father. He is our Father. As children, let's kind of crawl up on his knee if we would. You can, if y'all don't. Think that's too weird for me to say that, but he truly is our father. So I'll play our little theme in the background, which is uh, a song wrote a long time ago by Sam Nix, an old pastor of mine, who uh, was one of the people the Most High used to to say to me that I, I would see parts of the world and God would take me here and there and and raise me up to preach His word and. And, uh, of course, I needed that, uh, the Father to tell me myself, which happened. But there was three ministers like this, Sam, next you're about to hear our the theme song called Five Smooth Songs. But we'll play it in the background, but it's three ministers that actually prophesied over myself and, and said that would happen. And I, I really did hate that for most of my life. And uh, we'll maybe talk about that tonight. But I really hated uh, anything to do with ministry because ministers are very powerful people. And they have a lot on their plate, and if they don't do the Father's will, they ruin lives. And I wasn't in the business of ruining anybody's life. So I ran from that like Jonah and uh, got into accounting, pursued accounting, and I was really good at it. But the Father had other plans, and I began to seek him, and, and, and lo and behold, he called me into the ministry and gave me uh, uh, things to say and places to go and people to meet, and it ended up... Uh, where we are today, which is this Five Smooth Stone Network. So let's go ahead and lift up the Father, lift up this show, rather, this this, this project, this ministry, if you will. Uh, this little fireside check we're going to have tonight, which we're not playing with, folks. 
we look to hear the Father's rule uh, from His uh, Holy Spirit, or His Ruach, what we call the Ruach Hakadosh, of the Holy Spirit. We look to hear from Him tonight. Folks, we're not playing. He said He has sent the Spirit upon all flesh, and that we have this if if we would just tap into it, receive it. That's what He said. That's what He said in His Word. That this Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us into all truth. Didn't He say it? So let's go ahead and just praise this song playing in the background. Dear Heavenly Father, Yah of Israel, Father, 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 we just want to thank you, O Yah, for first of all being who you are. Thank you for being who you are. And Father, thank you for creating us. Yes, thank you for creating us. Cycle of life. We thank you for our four parents, and uh, Adam from Adam to Israel. We just want to thank you for all that you've done for this nation, how you've brought us up and made us a people. Father, we even worship you and thank you, even though we turn our backs on you and was a rebellious people, and you scattered us throughout these four corners to serve and, uh, uh, the people of this nation from the north that you've called to uh, dismantle Israel for a season. And, Father, we also thank you for your word, your Holy Spirit that has reawakened us as a people, as a nation in all of these places you've scattered us, Father. We find ourselves in these current events. We find ourselves in things we're going through, and a lot of these things we just don't understand how to get out of. Many of us are seeking your faith. Many of us are trying to live for you, and you've promised us deliverance in wherever we was at. Uh, and so we just asking for your wisdom and your insight tonight as to how to 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 see uh, our situations, what we're, what we're in, and who we are, and who you are, and who the, what these situations, how minimum and how fragile they are. Help us to see see what we're going through for what it is, Father. The enemy have plotted against us, and on all corners and all our gates, as the scriptures say, we find our enemy has plotted against us. And, Father, we ask by your Ruach HaKadosh, your Holy Spirit, that you would reveal to us not just what the enemy tactics is, but what we are to do to combat these tactics and how we can uh, maintain our peace and maintain our joy no matter what we're going through, Father. Father, we, we reach out to you in Jesus' name, in Yeshua's name, in your Son's name, Father, and we ask in you uh, for these things. We're asking you to visit this broadcast tonight. We know that you've said that you speak through men, through your Holy Spirit, and we ask that you would do just that through your Holy Spirit. Speak through men, through, speak through us, through, speak through myself. Help us to uh, uh, allow you your will in our minds and hearts, Father. We lift up this broadcast and lift up uh, each one of the co-hosts that may be or may not be participating tonight. We ask you to uh, help them, Father, if they're going to be on the show tonight, to speak your word and speak your wisdom. You said if any man asks, any man need wisdom, lack wisdom, the scripture says, you said in your word, let him, any man that lacks wisdom to call out to you, to ask you, and that you give to all men liberally and upbraid it not. Father, we, in Yeshua's name, ask for this wisdom. Father, we ask for this wisdom, not just for ourselves, but for those listening, that they will be have an understanding of the things they're going through. These things we ask in Yeshua's name. Amen. Folks are very serious tonight, uh, and I want to uh, encourage and, and um, I want to... Uh, uh, just re 
recall some things I've said in the past, and that is don't underestimate a blog. Don't let the enemy put in your mind it's just talk. Folks, some of the most powerful events on our earth, and I'll play our little theme in the background because this is what we're about here at this Five Song Network, so I'll turn this up a little bit, our theme song. As I play five smooth stones, and as we recall how David had those five stones and brought down his Goliath, do not underestimate, brothers and sisters, what the Father can do through mere men, unqualified mere men. I mean unqualified. As a matter of fact, the Father had no have had no one work for him and that was used of him that was qualified, not the way he needs them to be. Nobody was qualified as far as, you know, flawless. And, but they was qualified enough in another way for him to use them in, in there. I guess what I'm trying to say, no one perfect. So he don't always need uh, that perfect person. As Danny Bell Hall saying years ago, it's just about ordinary people, folks. That's who he uses, ordinary people. That's who I most high use, ordinary people. So don't underestimate myself, the co-host, that may, any co-host that may come on tonight. Uh, we're talking about current events. Maybe we won't hit the current event you're, you're going through. But whatever we talk about tonight, I can assure you one thing. It, If it hasn't touched your home, and I'm not cursing your home, I'd be shocked if sooner or later it, it touches your neighbor. These topics are not far, far off any of us. These are all topics that either our families are going through or someone very close to us, relatives, are going through. We, I try my best as the founder of this network, Bosmanson Network, to talk about things that are relevant to you and yours. All right? We talk about things we know for sure that you and yours are going through. Okay? And that's another uh, While I'm at it, I'll just say this. One of the mantras uh, for this network, this little engine that could, is we talk about things the Most High really is saying on the earth. Yes, he is. But you just can't hear it in a lot of our religious institutions or our educational centers. You just can't hear a lot of things that the Father really is saying. You know, he's sending his word to heal, to heal, to break break down uh, yokes in people's minds and spirits and barriers in, in our societies. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He's sending his word every day through various um, messengers. But you can't hear them in a lot of our churches because all of our churches is, is too much into the system, this very system that oppresses us. So, you, And then you can't hear them in a lot of our colleges and high schools and even uh, you just can't hear them in our society so what do you do brothers and sisters how can the father set people free if he can't even get his word in a lot of these institutions don't get me started he really can't get his word in a lot of these institutions I mean some of his word of course he is speaking in all of these institutions but I'm saying a lot of things that make us free that would answer a lot of questions that would really break would bankrupt a lot of these uh, wicked people. You can't hear that, especially if it bankrupt the powers that be. 
So if you hear the Pastors on Network, yes, we talk about things that bankrupt the wicked, not just financially, but it, uh, as far as it, it, it take away the lives they've been taking. They've been, uh, excuse me, they've been uh, talk, uh, putting out there for us to believe tricks and deception, half-truths. Uh, these powerful people who we call the New World Order um, has been controlling our world for a very, very long time, and the Father has never left us. Like any other father, he's with us. He he is speaking to us. A lot of y'all second-guess yourself too much, uh, but he definitely, definitely is with us, and he uh, he's speaking through, I believe, um, uh, the churches. I think he speaks through a lot of our family members that are close to him. He speaks through a lot of our, um, even uh, it can be a neighbor or a, co- a co-worker, Wherever there's people that seek the most high, I believe he speaks through those people. Problem is he can't speak fluently through seem like anybody because we all have hidden agendas, deceptions we all was raised or uh have have unfortunately been uh, brainwashed by lies, deception and ignorance that is uh, uh made the word of God uh, either of none effect or or it's just really crippling it from going forth uh, through us. I'm talking about believers, that is. And then, of course, those of you that haven't quite given your uh, life over to the Father and is seeking him through his word and through his spirit, uh, uh, that's a problem for sure. And then you got uh, people like that uh, speaking out here things and uh, not always of the spirit, and that causes a lot of setbacks. So I probably shouldn't have gone down that road, but... Brothers and sisters, again, thank you for tuning in to the Five Soul Network. I'm Brother Seth, and uh, hopefully we have some co-hosts here tonight. The way we do it these days, we just put the word out there, invite them to come, and we whoever comes on the day off, I don't know who's coming. And so that way, you're getting everything organically. You're getting everything uh, as they think it out. You're getting, uh, uh, and oftentimes that's the best shows when people don't have time to plan as to what they're going to say, but just things pop up and, Different brothers and sisters you hear share, or sister, I should say, Sister Ellie. I don't know if she'll call tonight, but we'll see. So, again, tonight is current events. Uh, October the 10th is the day, uh, date, uh, 2022. And if, if um, our forefathers was around, they would probably say today is the uh, 16th of Tishri, the Hebrew month Tishri. It's the 16th day of Tishri year. 5,782. I want to uh, remind everybody again to follow us. Please follow the Five Sons on Network. It's very important on social media. It's very important. And you know why. I don't need to tell you why. So those of you that is, um, you clicked on the link and you listen to the show via your computers, go ahead and click that follow button right in front and uh, follow us, okay? Also, I want to remind everybody that Five Sons on have been doing these shows for since 2011, that means we have quite a few shows. To be exact, over 500 shows. And so if you want to be uh, blessed by a lot of the co-hosts uh, or guests or callers of the, in the past, please simply Google Five Smooth Stone Blog Talk Radio and you'll be able to listen to some of those old shows. I tell you what, we have had a blast uh, in the past uh, with some of the people that have co-hosted the Five Stone Network 
some of the gifts that have come across uh, these airways. And so please simply Google Five Smooths on Blog Talk Radio and be blessed by a lot of the the effort we put into this. Folks, we don't get paid for this. This is strictly from our heart, and uh, we try to be our best not to be in the flesh, you know, as far as doing shows from an egotistical standpoint. We really are. We really love you. As I say at the end of every show, I love every single one of you, and there's nothing you can do about it. I really mean that. What does that mean? That means I don't know you. Just like you don't know me, and some of you have that same love towards me, but I don't even know you. So it don't mean you can't have true love for people just because you've never seen them. I just love humanity. And these shows I do to try to really help people because I believe this, brothers and sisters, if you put things out there that you know for sure that have set you free, that's the, that's the best you can do. Put truth out there that have made you free in those areas that you are free in. Don't mean I got it all together and I'm free in every tiny aspect of life. That's not what I'm saying. No preacher or minister can say that. We all have bondages in our life in certain areas here or there somewhere. But we are, some of us are still called to preach this word. All of us are called into the ministry of reconciliation. But some of us are called with other messages. Excuse me. Sorry about that, everybody. I've been battling something, and um, got this little cough I've been fighting last week. Okay, I think I'm okay. <coughs> anyway, again, I want to thank you for your time tonight. Appreciate, appreciate you um, uh, again tuning in tonight. Folks, I want to start off as far as current events and talk about something that I've been really praying about. Not, I don't really cry these days, but probably inside, yes, crying about because it just seems to not go away, and that is our young people, uh, where they're at um, uh, and with regards to how they see possible are not possible, how they see truth, how they see things that's going to make them free, just how they see it, you know, or, you know, now they, 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 a lot of them won't call it truth. In other words, our young people, there's many things that they need, and it's not just for young people, of course, or older people, we're all in the same boat, but it just seemed like, to me, brothers and sisters, with young people, Older people can see truth and say that's true. I need to just change, and then they are rebellious and won't do it, or you know, out of pure rebellion. That's one thing. But to see truth, to see something that can make you free, and not even recognize it, or don't have any clue that it's an answer, worries me, concerns me, because this is our posterity. This is this is. Those coming up after us, uh, our family members, uh, especially with regards to family, it's our posterity. It's 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 what what we're leaving. It's, it's what's going to be after we go, we're gone. And I don't know about you, but uh, if you're an older person like I am, I'm over sixty. You want to know that your children and and their children, or 
and, and even your nephews and nieces and their children is at least have the wherewithal to determine what is true, what isn't true. It's it's a comforting feeling. Now I understand my mother and my father more and older people more that talked about this here, you know, them passing and them leaving. Not that I'm trying to die, go anywhere, please, y'all. I ain't, I ain't no inherit to do none of that. I'm not sick or anything like that. But I sometimes do think about how it's going to be when I leave. And I, you know, um, don't want the enemy to, to, uh, to, I don't think this is the enemy or worry or anything like that. But I, I am very concerned with, where our young people are at mentally, spiritually. Again, if you know what to look for, even though you may not have it, that's hope. If you know that you don't have the answer, for instance, you know that your country don't have the answer, you know that your society don't have the answer, you know that the friends you hang out with is not on the right track, and so you, you yearn for truth, that's hope. That that makes me feel really good because I know that that person is going to, if they seek, uh, they're going to find. But to think you have the answer, to think you you have what this life is all about, to think, like a lot of our young people, that you got it all together, to think that you know better than these older people, to think that you know better than the Bible, to think that you just have a handle on what this life is all about and you reject all the other, that to me is one of the scariest things I am coming across as an adult watching our younger generation, generations. It worries me, y'all. Pray for your brother. Pray for your brother. Pray for your brother. And I'm talking about not just my family, but so-called African-American as a people. I really am concerned about all younger, concerned about everybody, younger, young and old. But, I mean, I'm really concerned about that those groups of people that feels like I just described to the degree they're not open to what the older generation is saying. Not that we had it together or have it together, but I just, it's something when you live all your life, uh, and I'm just talking here, brothers and sisters, it's something when you live all your life and uh, you, and I'm coming to you, see one co-host in the house, but it's, 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 it's something when you live all your life seeking truth and and going to in and out of churches and and uh and you look up and you have learned some things you begin to apply certain principles and they work for you i mean they really work for you and they transform your life and your family life and anybody that'll listen hold on everybody just got to make a quick little call here so you know that's really something so you got this truth that you've come across, and now you're trying to impart it to people you love, 
and they're on some other kind of standard. They're calling success something completely different. You know? That's worrisome. That 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 is where I'm at as a person right now. I'm really I was talking to a friend of mine, I thought Nella sure actually and he's gonna be joining me here shortly. But it really does bother me. And so I'm going to let Brother Elishu and I kind of hit this for starters, and we can go into some other things. But I know if you have any young people, um, I'm talking about young people as in 35 and under, uh, you know anybody, you may want to copy this show, uh, copy this show, meaning copy the, the address of the show, the www, the uh, Internet address, the and um, send it to people. Send it to, to any young people or, or even older people you think that can be blessed by this because we're going to talk about standards outside of the Most High that masses and masses of people are persuaded is the truth and is causing havoc in our world. And I'm talking about not just materialism. Materialism is a big one. I mean, these folks think cause just because they got folks got millions of dollars, they really don't. That's it, and we can die. They think that's it. Just and or, or eat a bunch of toys, and that's it. That's all this life is about. And I don't believe that. I don't think that's what the Father is saying at all. So tonight, and I'm gonna ask Elishua if he can help me do this before I bring him on. Let's talk about what the Father is requiring, not so much what the enemy has done with the church, but what the Father is requiring. I'm not telling him what to talk about. He can tell him what he wants to talk about. He can say that also. But I really want to hit tonight on what the Father's, what he really is saying. Not so much what the enemy is saying, but what is the Father, what have he said in his word about how we are to look at money? Not how what the enemy is telling us to look at money. We already got that. We are we're we have all masses degrees by the enemy or what the you know church has put out there or, or that's false. But what we don't know, here's what we don't know, brothers and sisters. We don't know, some of us, what the Father said about um things like um where our young people are at. We don't know what the Father is saying about um, laboring to be rich. Uh, we don't know what the Father is saying about just living your life 100%, a million percent just after this money, uh, uh, seeing yourself uh, uh, based upon what you've done versus what the Father said you, you are. We value each other based upon our works, our toys. Our, and the scripture says clear that the wealth of a man does not consist in the things he owns. Well, that's going against everything we've heard in America, because that's exactly by the fact people say when you come up, when you drive up in a brand new car, he says is that you. I mean, we really believe that what we own is what we are, and I know. So anyway. Um, that's just one of the things we're talking about tonight. That's what's top on my list. Oh my goodness, that is top. Boy, I think about that so often. It really bothers me, you know. And I'm going through a lot personally, 
with my own children, and I won't put too much information out there because I don't think it's y'all's business, to be honest, just like it's not my business what your your children are going through. But I do know one thing that's your business, and that is they need help. Pray for us, my family. I'll be praying for your family. But in the meantime, we got this blog show tonight. Well, we're going to try to unravel, unopen, uh, open up, uh, look into some of these challenges that's got our young people running from us instead of running to us. Ella Shure, your line is now open, brother. I want to thank you for being, well, Bodie, we had him and he disappeared. So I thought we had a coast in the house, Ella Shure, but we'll go back and just uh, finish what I was saying. And hopefully he will uh, come on. But brothers and sisters, listen. Um, I want y'all to know that I love y'all, first and foremost. I really love y'all. Really, truly love you. And um, I do these blogs because I feel like those times when my children, young adults, can't hear me, somebody, if I sow enough seeds into the lives of strangers, people I don't know like some of you are, I feel like somebody's going to come behind me and do the same for my children. Believe it or not, brothers and sisters, that's one of the main reasons I do blogs. I told my sister one time she was having trouble with her son. Um, I told her, listen, I don't know what to tell you about your son. You don't already know. I told her to consider fostering children and love them like they are your own. If you sow that seed, Most High will bless you and will allow people to speak into your son's life in areas where he couldn't hear you. So I told my sister that she started fostering children left and right, and uh, she'd been blessed by it financially, because you know this is it, it, they pay you pretty good. But more importantly, she have been a lot of those kids love her, and even after they leave the system, they continue to talk with her, speak with her, just as if she was their mother. So, brothers and sisters, that's one of the reasons Brother Seth do what he do. I'm very serious. I love my children, and oftentimes I can't reach them for whatever reason. So, I sowed it into uh, these blogs and allow people to come on. I feel that I have truth that's going to sow into people's lives, and I know from the emails and the... um, conversations I've had with family members and and even strangers uh, on the internet that uh, we're making a difference and we'll never know all the people we've checked with these uh, 149,000 listens 
and over 200 members. We don't know what we're doing as far as the impact we're having in the lives. We don't know. We don't know, brothers and sisters. But um, i tell you one thing. I thank God for you. I thank God for all of the emails, all of the years that we have helped and really, really, really tried to uh, be a blessing in your home. And um, I thought we had a call, so I was trying to set this up for him, but maybe he had to uh, step out. So that's the way we do now. I have about six co-hosts, and they come on whenever they want to. And uh, I have it like that because... I don't want people to feel obligated, and I don't think they do feel obligated. So, listen, I want to hit that a little harder. I was getting ready to bring him on, but I'm going to go ahead and hit that a little harder. Folks, listen, our young people, I believe, are just as, when I say our, let me get break down what that means. When Brother says say our these days, I'm talking about, I'm talking about African-Americans, a.k.a. Israelites, a.k.a. black people. Of course, black people extends to all through Africa and all parts of the world. But I'm talking about those people that most of the world know as African-Americans, first and foremost. And, uh, again, these shows, while I'm at it, is devoted to them, dedicated to them, and their pain and suffering. Uh, uh, as Israelites, uh, we believe uh, they and I are who am part of, you know, we believe we are the Israelites, spoken of in the scriptures. And and uh, we're not just in America, though, brothers and sisters. We're scattered at the four corners. So these shows are dedicated to those people because nobody goes through, uh, on this earth, goes through the type of pain that they go through as a nation. Even though they're scattered, some never heard. Some of them had never heard of each other, know each other. These Israelites that the Bible spoke uh, clearly of uh, that will go through these types of things are these shows dedicated to. So, having said that, on these shows, uh, I am uh, always trying to reach out and, and, and put a word out there to make us free. And like I say, one of the reasons is because I believe um, that that so that sowing of good seed is going to come back uh, thirty and sixty and even a hundredfold to my own uh, household, to my own posterity. Many generations from now, I believe I'll be reaping these blessings of people speaking it to my family, and I believe it. And you probably should consider doing the same thing. Help people when you're out, when you're just out of it sometime even, when when you just depress yourself. A lot of times, when I'm in my lowest, I do shows. Somebody say, why don't you do a show at your lowest? That means you can't really help anybody. No, you always can help people, but I may not feel like doing it but because I'm at my lowest. But uh, I go ahead and, because we always have truth inside of us, no matter what we go through in life, anybody uh, uh, that's born again I'm talking about That's been walking with the Father I'm talking about We always have something that the Father has done for us That we can tell the world And the world can be blessed by any day of the week Any time of night uh, Because the believer They're walking with the Father And the Father is always doing things That really truly um, 
break the back of the enemy. Uh, that's what he does. So I'm going to go back to the phone lines. I think we have Ella Shua now back. Um, let's go ahead and bring him on without further ado. Uh, Ella Shua, Erico 6, 82452. Uh, I lost you early, but I see you back, brother. Go ahead and say hello to the people. Hey, shalom, everyone. <clears throat> Everyone's doing well this evening. <clears throat> How's it going, Seth? Oh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Just talking about uh, the, for the current event, I was just kind of talking about our young people again, man. You know, I'm really that serious. And I was kind of mentioning a few things you and I talked about even earlier about young people's and their standards and why they um, just, just seem to run from a lot of elders. Now, there's always exception to the rules, brothers and sisters. Not all young people is doing this. But there is so many of our young people seem like most of them they are really not trying to do things the old way or to listen to any of the older wisdom now while i uh don't totally disagree with them you know a lot of the old ways just didn't work for us um uh, the while a lot of the way the old way we looked at money the old ways we looked at uh, a lot of issues uh, a lot of topics that we could bring and throw and bring into this um just didn't work and these young people have a point, and I think some of the new things are the, some of the new thoughts, some of the new ways, of new methods is working better. Yes, I I'm not too ashamed to say that. Okay, but I think when in regards to just something as simple as sex and the way the older generation looked at, it, I think we're light years ahead of the young young people. And uh, brothers and sisters, if they don't wake up quickly. And change the way they're looking at sexuality, and you know, I know this Roe versus Wade is going to help out. Hopefully, some, but probably not. Um, I'm concerned. Ella, sure, any concerns you have with regards to this topic? I mean, are you in your world? Let me ask you a question. Do you see the same thing? And what I again, I because I think your line dropped. When I was saying this, but I, as a older person, you know, we leave this earth. Not that I'm planning on dying. I'm not sick, as I said earlier, or anything like that. But as older people, it is very encouraging to see people that have that wisdom that the Father imported to us, or that we just learned just through life. The heart, even the school of hard knocks, some of us, but we've learned some things. It's encouraging to see young people walk around with that owning that and then walking into a higher wisdom they doing things that we didn't think about doing they don't want to be for instance i see a lot of young people that's not on down with this nine to five man they're not down with it and they're trying their best to be able to retire early and enjoy this earth i applaud them i let them know that a lot of us thought that way too and some of us did retire early they think they're the only ones thinking like that i try to let them know that out of gate, out of high school, even some of us before high school, we was thinking that. But I applaud some of the new things that a lot of young people are doing, to where they don't have to work all their life. And that that to me, they're a little ahead of us there. There's more things to do. Of course, racism has taken a beating, and this more doors is open. But I mean, outside of the economic thing, where they're actually doing better. I can't see them doing better in really any other area. I mean, what do you what say, you brother? Now, I think that we are <clears throat> witnessing 
and experiencing at the same time. A now, lot hold on, of hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll be talking a lot here. And I, I don't know. Did you get a chance to say hello and greet the people yet? Yes. Yeah. Okay, go right here. Yeah. And I think that what we're witnessing is that a lot of seeds that have been sown over previous generations are now manifesting in harvest. <laughs> the people who seem to be bearing the heaviest load of that is this present generation. Um, I was thinking about that today myself, and I was thinking about some of the factors that contributed to why a people who have always struggled and who have strived and, and who have networked and been cohesive and trying to bring about, you know, certain things, liberties, rights, what have you, why is it now we think so individualistically? And, of course, it has to do with the culture that we live in. But at the same time, we're seeing the harvest of seeds that have been sown. Like, I remember I was raised with my grandparents. So my grandparents were 50 years my senior. So um, I've got a lot of wisdom and things that they imparted in me. My grandmother was always teaching, literally, and I mean that literally, almost in every aspect of life. We could go to the mall and go shopping for clothes, and she would use it as an example to, 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 to teach, to instruct me, to, to pour into me wisdom. And what I've come with this now is that we lost our way because we wanted everything that we saw within the popular culture. We wanted the things that we saw. Well, that required money. So when you used to have one parent, you'd have a household, one person worked outside of the household, one person stayed inside the stayed at the household, being the mother most likely, who was, who was in care and the supervision of the children and the growth of the children. That doesn't take place. You know, we wanted, instead of one car, we wanted two cars. Sort of one, you know, a house with one car garage, one two car garage. You know, we wasn't content with a, with a wood house. We got to have a brick house. So as a result, we took on the values of the very people who enslaved us and oppressed us, and we are now oriented the same way that they are. And one of the things that I was telling my wife, I was walking today earlier. I said, you know, one of the biggest problems that we have with our young men and young women, but specifically young men, because within this culture, they don't see a lot of opportunities for themselves. And a lot of them are basically resulting criminology and other things because they want, to, they want those things that they see being pervaded before them all day, every day. And the thing that they do not have, it's one thing to live in a racist culture where your opportunities are being oppressed, but it's really, really a bad thing when the people that you come from have not left a legacy, have not left an institution, a networking that you can work with it and build. In other words, yep. it just hit me today. It hit me today. The greatest pro- one of the problems that I've heard people talk about, but I didn't realize that this serious because I never looked at it in this perspective and what this provides. And I told Eric, I said, we need businesses. We need ownership of things because we have nothing as an alternative to provide our children. And we know that the culture that we live in, because we are, the numbers in the population, the demographics are increasing, therefore you have competition increasing. You have now everybody is, is, is shooting for that immediate gratification, let's be rich in a week 
So people have lost the basic value of just going to work and working hard every day and laboring and seeing the fruits of your labor and, and the benefit of your children being taken care of, being provided for, and building something for the next generation. And something that has become of my awareness about a year now, and it becomes more and more obvious and conspicuous, is that nobody in this culture, black or white, thinks generational anymore. Everybody is about the present, here, and now. And nobody is building, not just in terms of wealth, because the wealth is not the all in all, but nobody is passing down the values, the lessons that are taught. That's why I come in the Hebrew culture, when it comes to the scriptures, what did the Most High tell the children of Israel? He said, tell this to your children and your children's children. Never let them forget. We have let them forget. So they have no connective point of where they come from. And I was reading the scriptures today in Romans, where and yesterday in Romans, I think it's the 10th chapter, where it talks about Paul is talking about his pedigree. And he says, I am a Hebrew, born of the tribe of Benjamin, born on the eighth day. And he goes on to talk about his tribes. And he said that, you know, basically people were saying that God had cast away. He said, no, God has not cast away from Israel. He said, and to them were given the promises. To them were given the oracles. To them was given the covenants. I've read that passage I don't know how many times, but I saw a word in there yesterday that literally illuminated my thinking and my understanding. And it gave me great hope. Which one? What was that? Because in that same sentence, it's in that same sentence it says, To them was given the esteem. As in self esteem, but to them were given esteem. But this was not a self esteem and what you believe and, and build confidence and trust in yourself. No, this is the thing that was imputed by the great I am. So that knowing that now when you stand and you make that confession, if God is for me, who can be against me? You know no one can. Because to be honest with you, and I know that a lot of people think this to be a little bit biased, but it's, it's, it's scriptural. God has exalted Israel above every people on the planet. And they just don't know who they are. So when you don't know who you are, then it's real simple. I'm going to treat my neighbor, not love my neighbor as myself. I'm going to treat my neighbor as something that is of, 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 of no value because I perceive myself to be no value. So therefore, it means nothing for me to, to disrespect you. It means nothing to me if I have to take your life because your life is no valuable than mine because I don't value my own life. And so the answer to all of these things is that we can't, I can't give you any information in regarding the Gentiles. Because the only thing I know in regarding the Gentiles, because they are the one who set this in place, is that they are moving fast and speedily towards destruction. But when it comes to Israel, I can say, the only way that's going to change this is just as the Messiah said. He will send the Elijah, the spirit of Elijah. And he says, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children, and the children back to the fathers. But the problem is, is that the fathers don't see this as that big of a problem that it would move them to hit their knees on, on, on at night and, and pray to the Most High that he would bring this, that he would come quickly, that he would restore the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the hearts of the sons of the children back into the fathers. The fathers don't see the need because, like I said, Everybody is doing their own thing. Everybody's selfish. 
You got 60-year-olds trying to live like they like they 35 or 40. Everybody want to be a buck. Nobody wants to serve. So it's not just the youth. It's just that it's more manifest than the youth. But the whole culture is literally self-destructing because we are literally seeing the harvest of the fruits that they have sown, the fruits of destruction, the fruits of distrust, division, and dissension, the fruits of, 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 of no value in and of ourselves, and then we see the fruits that we have sown too. And now they are manifesting. They are literally coming to harvest. And for a lot of parents, they are without. They don't know what to do. They're like, what do I do about these children? Well, all I can say is you have to pray. You have to have wisdom. But you cannot, and, this is the, and I'm going to say this, but this is, and let's get back to you, to you, Seth. But this is the most important thing. The word of God endures to all generations. In the book of Psalms, it says that the word of God, the law of God, endures throughout all generations. So just as it was relevant 2,000 years ago in Judea, when Shot himself walked the face of the planet, it is just as relevant, it is just as effective, it is just as, as important today. Yahweh said, that the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life, and they bring life to those who take hold on them. But we are reluctant to speak the word. We are reluctant to stand on the word for the perception that we might be perceived as being religious or preaching. Well, I learned the lesson when I was at ORU. A lot of people thought I was just extremely radical and fanatical. And at one point, for a slight moment in discretion, I believed it. And then at one time, then all of a sudden I woke up and I said, no, if I'm not being persecuted, if people are not hating on me for this gospel and I'm supposed to be preaching this every day and living this every day, then that means that I'm not really affected because the scripture says that how God anointed and approved Jesus with, with signs and wonders following that was his credentials. Uh, contrary to what a lot of people believe, Christians, his credentials was not that he was the son of God. His credentials is that he moved and operated in power, and that's how he got people's attention. So if we have no power, we can't hold their attention because they're listening to confused people like Kanye West, you know, uh, you know the, the Satan worshiper, Jay-Z, you know, uh, Cardi B. Uh, and an artist, one of the top female selling rap artists, who says that she literally is afraid to sing her own music because when she does, demons manifest. And that's who's got their ear. And that's just what Satan wanted. And one of the biggest problems I say to black people, you're not gonna want to, you're not gonna want to swallow this too easy, but get some water. You'll be all right. You handed your children over to white people because you thought that white people had everything better. You couldn't wait till you worked to move your children in neighborhoods where white people were because you thought that exposure was going to make it better for them. But yet our great-great-grandparents, all they had was themselves. And they have a greater legacy than any of us could ever even imagine that they passed on to us. We ain't left nothing. They left us a margin. They left us a Malcolm. They left us Elijah Muhammad. 
They left us a Marcus Garvey. <laughs> what have we leave? And for you and I, said, what has been left? You know, literally, we, we were left with that. But I have to ask our generation, what did we leave them? More well, black men have been killed by police. More black men have been killed by police on our watch. I'm talking about innocent people, people who were not committing crimes. More of this happened on our watch than it happened on our grandparents' watch. And they were standing and fighting against it. We go on YouTube, you know, post something on your Facebook, and that's the end of the day. And then we become content that whenever we have a situation like the George Floyd, which brought the light of the whole world on our dilemma, and what did we get out of that? Some monuments being moved. That's because the people have no voice, sir. Everybody has their own agenda, and their agenda is usually tied to, to, to power, politics, greed. Everybody has their own agenda. Yes, I know. LSU always gets to this point. Yes, even the people who are leading in the church have their own agenda. Many of them want to be celebrities. Well, let me say this, because if I don't, you'll be deep into the church in a minute. So let me say, you say, what have we left? That's a good question. I think we should answer that before we move forward. Because uh, I think we should answer that. Because that's something that is never hardly answered on this show. And I think anybody listening, hopefully younger people, but even if not younger people, they can listen to our answer and go, wow, I didn't realize I'm leaving that. Not everybody not everybody is guilty of not leaving something. And I'm going to say it like this. Not everybody that don't have money is guilty of not leaving something far more important than money. And not everybody that's leaving money has left something more important than money. I'm going to say that again. Folks, that's a good question. I want to answer it. I want, I want you to answer your own question. I want to try to answer it. What have you left? If you died right now, what have you left your children to fight with, to work with, to, to make it? I want to put you on the spot, LSU, and only because some come up here and I'm going to be working in the background, but I'm going to mute everybody. But I am listening. What have you left? If you pass right now, what have you left for your family members to make it, Ellisure? I really would like to hear that answer myself. Just you saying that make me think, makes me makes me think about, and I'm sitting up here thinking about, you know, the answer to that question personally in my own life, and and it just makes me more aware of how complex life can be, and why come us abiding by the the, the law of God, the Word of God is so important. Um, the Bible basically gives the implication that God hates divorce. Yahweh Jesus Christ said that <clears throat> uh, in the beginning it was not so, but because of the hardness of your heart, your inability to walk in love, your inability to humble yourself, God gave allowed Moses to give them a letter of divorce. Why do I say that? Because I'm a man who is divorced. And I have seven children, six of living, one is deceased. My four oldest children, for the most part, 
our relationship is cool, but it's it's nowhere near of what our relationship can be because our relationship is a product of that divorce. And there's so many duplicitous things that not only go on with the parents and divorces and jockeying for power and, and utilizing the children as a weapon, but then the thing about it is that because we live under a state of legality, when they get involved, they only amplify those problems and make it even worse. For me, I can say that I have a daughter right now who's at OKC in Oklahoma University. And she could probably answer that question better than I, but I'm going to answer it the way that she would answer And she would say, in terms of wealth, no, we don't have it. We're a working-class family. But have we come into terms and pockets of wealth? Yeah. What do we do with it? We use it to bless and help other people, liberally, without any restraint or hesitation. And my daughter is there at a school that is 99% white. And if you meet Danielle, Alicia, Israel, Ellison, you're going to meet one of the most radical, intelligent, forceful young ladies at 18 that you're going to encounter. And what I put in and instilled in her, I let her know. She called me the other day. She was like, I think she says that when we have open discussion and classes, I, I, I'm coming to understand that there's always some type of controversy with my opinion, with my perspective. I said, it's because you're in a war zone. I said, you are entangled in a battle on the academic, scholastic level with white supremacy. And I said, and everything against you fights white supremacy. And you can see it. It's so obvious. So the Holy Spirit has put you in a place to help you hone your skills and sharpen your sword so that you can be effective in whatever God's will is for your life to do that. And for me, it's just like my oldest son told me one time. He says, Daddy, we're not rich people. But literally, he just told me. My oldest son is like six or four. <laughs> I'm five ten. <laughs> I was telling him he looked like Jesus because he's six foot four, got dressed down the middle of his back. And he says, Daddy, you know what? He said, as I get older, I realize that you gave us the things that are very important. He said, because you know what you gave me? And I asked him one time, I said, what is that? You know, he asked me, he said, do you know what you gave me? I said, what did I give you? He said, Daddy, you gave me wisdom. Oh, wow, said, that's good. a lot of people. Yeah, he said, I talked to a lot of people. He said, I listen to my mother. I go to church. He says, not hear information, but you gave me wisdom. And for me, I'm good with that. Like I said, I have children, my older children, by my first wife. We don't have the best terms, best of relationships. And, and divorce is one of the causes of that. And I've had come to understand that. And as a matter of fact, when I lost my child, who was probably the closest child to me, looked just like me, act just like me, had my disposition, it was incumbent upon me, and it was a demand on me to write a book. At the same time, I'm dealing with the grief of his death. And, and the name of the book was called, of all things, PG, Parental Guidance. It was a book. It's a book on parenting, and it'll be released in probably March of April of next year. Uh, but now it's just, matter of fact, we finished everything. It's ready to go, go to print. And I cannot tell people how difficult it is to write a book after you've lost a child dealing with the subject of parenting. And especially as much as engaged as I was, especially with this particular child, 
because I'm telling you something, and I say this to all parents out there. Some of you have some very difficult children. They're very challenging to deal with. And what they are, they're your eyes. See, I learned something about dealing with children because, you know, we're coming into this. Somebody really teaches us how to do it the right way. It's like pick it up as you go. And I realized that in order to be what he would be considered a good parent, not what people or the society or culture thinks is a good parent, but what the most high would think were a good parent is that you've got to rely on him and trust him every step of the way. What do you have when you've got a 15 who just goes into that state and he's just a big and he's going to do what he want to do, he don't care what you say, he doesn't set up, he, doesn't, he knows everything, he doesn't saw it all, and yet they go against the grain. And sometimes they can do things that infuriate you so much that you get angry. But here's the problem. You can't hate the child. That's your flesh and blood. So how do you reconcile that? You do it the way you do any other matter in this life when we have challenges that are greater than what we have the ability to deal with. We go on our face before the Most High and ask him for wisdom. And when we ask, we have to be willing to receive it in the way that he wants to communicate it and not the way we have locked it in. Like I used to see young people getting high all the time. They really, it's like, he says, well, I'm like, man, everybody is lazy. And then when they, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, do you know why young black people are high all the time? He said, it's the same way that middle-aged white people <laughs> are depressed a lot of times. He said, that's just what it is. They're depressed. And he said, Linda, you know what you told your children? Get an education, get a good job, and then you go on and you be successful. He said, when you told them that you lied, he said, it's not success. He says, you are trying to dictate the raising of your children according to the standards of the world and not the standards of the book. Um. Oh God! Oh God! Help me here, Holy Spirit. There's a name. That was, yes. Now, that was pretty up. good here right there, though. The to be honest. Go ahead. Huh? Here's the name of the person. I'm gonna talk about a parent who lived economically a harsh reality, probably for the majority of their life. But they raised children, and as a single parent. Raised children, kept those children together. None of those children died by gunshots because they was engaged with the criminality or what have you, or the hard knocks of their society, of their community, or within their neighborhood. Kept their children in church. Kept them with the word of God. Was she perfect? Absolutely not. Because none of us are. We all have our fault. Sometimes in my own personal engagement with this person, I could see her sometimes to be overbearing. But at the same time, her intent and her heart was just a purest goal. And maybe she didn't like some people expect raised, you know, judges. But I can tell you one thing. <laughs> the fact that people are listening to this radio show and we are talking about the word of God says that Irene Turner did a good job she didn't have a lot of money 
Amen. didn't have a lot of opportunity. But she believed the word of God, and that's all she had, and she stood on that. We got all the money in the world, all the comfort you could think of, and we ain't did half the job she's done. Amen. Amen. It's about value, people. It's about what you value. And this society and culture has convinced us, has has duped us into believing that our value is into external things. It's not. When you get close to your death, you're not going to remember the fact that you lived in a five-bedroom house or that you drove a Mercedes-Benz. When you get close to death and you see it right evident before you, you're going to think back on your life, and what's going to mean most to you are the relationships that you had. The people you spent your life with, they watched you, you watched them. Y'all experienced growth together. You went through hard times and good times. That's what life is really about. It is about connecting with people, not things. And my generation, I know, was said that's when the lie started to begin. Because my grandmother's always tell me that line about an education and get this and get that. It's going to make you happy. No, it's not. Mama, I love you with all my heart. God rest your soul. But you were wrong on that. Things don't make you happy. I know. Very people, people get a quarter of a million dollars in a, a year. I make that money a year. Been there. And I'm going to tell you, it don't make you happy. It does not even give you contentment. It may make you comfortable, but it does not make you joyful. It doesn't give you joy. And I will never forget when COVID hit real hard and everybody in my household, all five of us came down with COVID. And the most I was so gracious that the, my youngest child, who was the vulnerable, most vulnerable, she had COVID, but she, had, she was asymptomatic. <laughs> so she didn't get sick. But the way that my family gelled together, we knitted. We would sit in the same living room and blankets, got our stuff, watching TV, talking, sharing. That to me, man, take your million dollars. Just give me that. Hmm. Give me that. Very Well, let me say this, man. I think I really appreciate that, that delivery. Really appreciate that delivery. Now, and, and I am the, I am Irene's Turner. Everybody, just so y'all know, y'all make a connection. My last name is Turner. Some of y'all just know me as Brother Seth, but last name is Turner. It is my mother, Irene Turner, unless she was talking about. Um, but very well put, brother. I think uh, thank you spot, was spot on with that, and I want to hit that a little harder. I'm going to take a little break here, brothers. Since again, if you tune into the Five Zone Network on Brother Seth, we have on the line uh, Ella Shua. Ellison um, and the Israelite like myself. We also have been joined by per- Brother Purcell Porsche. I want him to say hello briefly to everybody, and then we're going to take this little break, and we'll be back, folks, after the little break um, to hit this a little harder and talk about some other things. But first, Purcell Porsche, go ahead and say hello to the people. Brother, welcome to the show tonight. Okay, y'all. Uh, my bad. I thought he was ready to talk, so I'm gonna put him on. I'm gonna mute him and take the little break, everybody. I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh. I'm ready. Good morning. Oh, good afternoon. Good evening. good evening. Can you hear me? Man, it yeah, sounds like you in a, on a mountain somewhere. But go ahead. Let's I'm in, try I'm it, in, man. 
I am on the mountaintop. What God say, Moses? What God say? What's going on? What's going on, Elishua? You say, what God say? What God say up on that mountain, Moses? I want to hear it. Hey. <laughs> he said, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Yes, sir. He's the most high. Yes, sir. I know that's right. Hey, man, every time I start listening, it seems like I come in on some good stuff. Man, you was talking about relationships and what's most important in life, and I couldn't agree with you more, man. Uh, that's funny that you were talking about that COVID situation. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I know I was supposed to introduce myself. Good evening, everybody. Uh, my name is Percel Lindell Porsche. We bring you greetings from Salt Life Ministry, where we believe in bringing the saltiness back to the believer through rightly dividing the word of truth. Man, listen. That was so... Um, so inspiring to me, man, because I thought about uh, our situation when we actually got COVID. My household came down with COVID also. Um, but prior to that, when everything else was shut down, we drew, we drew closer to one another. And I agree with you on that. We actually got together and we watched movies, we popped popcorn. We yeah, loved on each other, man. Most high. It, it was it was the bomb, you know. It was the bomb. Um, we actually went um, by faith. We went, and um, I wanted to. I thought it might have been a good time to buy my wife a car during the COVID time. So I go and I buy. I go and apply for this car, man. Nice car. And a uh, newer car, first time I bought a new car. And, uh, I mean, we didn't have any problem. I didn't have any problem. And my credit is not the best credit. But we were able to get the car. And it wasn't just the fact that we were able to get the car. We were able to keep the car. This one thing, the Bible hey, said the blessing of the Lord makes us rich. Amen. <laughs> And it's no Amen. See, I could have, I could have got that car, and then the next thing you know, suffer from the woes of COVID because I was off work too. Oh, that, that's a testimony right there. Mm. I was off work during the COVID and went to buy a car, and was approved, and still got that car. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. See, but. It's, it's, it's a, it is a, a joy. I heard you use the term joy. It is a joy in serving the Most High. There is a particular, yes, is. a particular well, joy. Remember, we're taking a, well, let's go and take the break. Oh, we're taking a break. My well, bad. You, I'm sorry. Well, you, you're a funny dude, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's a funny dude. But I want to let I'm, we'll pick back up with that when we come back because I do want to hear from you tonight, and I'm sure Ellis sure wouldn't mind you uh, uh, coming on when we come back. So just hold that thought. We'll be right back, okay? I gotta just refresh my computer. Y'all know what I'm doing. Break. All right, everybody, we're going to take a quick little break. And, again, you've been tuned to the Five Flow Network. That's Purcell, Purcell, all the way in Columbus, Ohio. You've heard from Ella Shua, all the way in the state of Texas. Again, these brothers just doing what they do, and I appreciate them dearly. Dearly do I appreciate them. So uh, let's go and take this break. We'll be right back. And my computer is wanting to take a break because, see, it's, it's not even pulling up the music. So let's try this again here. Let's try it again, brothers and sisters. Again, I'm Brother Seth. You tune into the Five Smooth Stone Network. And uh, but Ella Shaw, while I'm waiting for this to come up, just know, brother, that was spot on. I appreciate those words. All right, here we go. It's been a long. They said I only got 15 seconds. It's a long time coming, but I know I'll take it. Lord, I'm feeling so misunderstood They acting like I'm bad for trying to do something good I'm reading all the hate and it's twisting my stomach up I'ma love them past the hate and let them know you love the hood You told us love the orphan These kids ain't got no fathers Grew up playing cops and robbers Now they dodging cops and robbing Our babies getting murdered while they still inside They mamas feeling like we lost them And it's kind of like my job to find them And they so used to hearing lies They feel like I'm lying They think I'm trying to but inside I feel like I'm dying Society left us behind They were tired of trying You can save them but they keep denying That they private Ryan Something out of void Some feel it with a drug That's only temporary What they need is your love I see a change coming I gotta say something It's just a medicine for pain numbing Let's go The hate is plenty, the world is on your shoulders I know the weight is heavy, I work a nine to five I feel your pain if any, in it for the money Dummy, I ain't made a penny, this for your kids and mine Gotta reverse the damage, it hurts to fathom How young we letting the hearses have them How many kids would be alive if it wasn't for them Throwing up a ticket gang sign You tell me if I'm lying, straight up, that's real talk You see the ground, that's real talk, these teenagers get off. The big shit like that gets filled off And they can only learn what we teach them If it's only 15 seconds Then I'm getting, I'ma reach them Let's go Take now, I wanna wanna leave the 
black brothers and sisters. And I thought we had a hand up, but uh, folks, y'all got to be patient with us, all right? You got to be patient with your brother tonight. We saw your hand. Uh, call back. We'll get to you as soon as possible. Got to take these breaks from time to time, and y'all just got to be patient with us, okay? All right. Again, we're back from the break. Uh, LSU, your line is now open, and Purcell, Porsche, all the way in the state of Ohio, your line is now open. And area code 612, again, if you're listening, I saw your hand, I would, you would be next in line uh, to talk. And by the way, anybody, anybody else on the phone lines here, uh, anybody on this list, if you want to jump in, press 1. And we'll just open up your line. Press one. If you're in the chat room and you have a question, we'll even ask your. Okay, I hear some noise. Purcell or Elishua. I hear that. I heard that. Please mute us. Mute us if you. Um... Okay, that's Purcell. Purcell, I'm going to mute your line for now. Again, mute us when you're not talking because we can hear all that noise. I know you got work and you got to do what you got to do. But, folks, anyway, uh, we're going to go to Purcell here in a second. But, folks, the, those of you that's on the uh, phone lines, if you have a question like the one caller just then, I don't want anybody mad at me. So just know this. We take these breaks for, for a reason, and then when we come back, we'll come to you. Just be patient with us. But, uh, Purcell, I want to come to you at this time. Seth, who was that? Okay. That's Purcell. No, Seth, who was that you were playing? Was that Bizzle? Absolutely. How'd you know? I'm listening to him. I rock that dude, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was yeah, hot. That, yeah, that yeah, hot I like that. Yeah, that was. There's a lot of range. Priscilla, can you hear me okay? Yes, oh, sir. All right, brother, listen. When you're at work doing your thing, mute us until it's time to talk. All that I'm flush and commotion, all phone. that, it's very not professional to be mute. heard on these long, mute phone me. lines. Mute me. Mute me when I don't when I don't mute mute me because that means I'm. But see, here's the deal. Phone. Here's the deal. Just since you want to play promoter here, let me tell you why I don't mute you. Okay, since you're gonna put me on the spot like that, let me just put you back on the spot. The reason man, why I don't mute, mute me, you, man. Will you listen, please? <laughs> if I mute you, I don't know when you're free. You know when you're free. You know when you got when you can talk. All right. So mute us. With your little phone like everybody can do, and when you're ready to talk on muters, because I don't know what you're doing. And and you okay, I muted him then. You sound like Lucy's lying, man. Meet me, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I see like right now he's muted. I don't know when he's free. That's why I didn't mute him. See, I don't know if he's, he got whatever he's doing under control. But anyway, y'all bear with us. We just, we just, we just, we just not being, we just. Being brothers tonight, okay? Uh, those of you listening to us, uh, don't judge us. We're just trying to have a blog here. But Purcell was saying some powerful things, so I don't know how I'm going to know when he's ready to talk. So, LSU, go ahead what you was saying, or you have any comments on what Purcell was saying, and I guess he'll, I don't know how I'm going to know when he's free. But well, I'll come back to him in a little bit, but go ahead. Yeah, I think it's just going back. Seth, a few years ago, I remember when we would get together over at Pastor Chris's church on Friday evening. And one of the main things that we used to always say, it was like a concerted agreement among all of us, and that was that we have to get back to the basics 
uh, we let this thing get a little bit too sophisticated and made it complicated, and it's really not that complicated. We have to just get back to the basics and get back to enjoying in this life because in this life, you're going to have trials and tribulations. It's a promise. Just like uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever will believe it on him should not perish but have the everlasting life. That is a promise from the Father. Well, his, also, his son also promised that in this life, you're going to have trials and tribulations. And many times when people go through things, they are often from the very entity that's supposed to give them relief will often make them feel like they're doing things wrong, that maybe they're in sin. And that's not always the case. We are growing. It, the, the, the Mashiach spent 30 years on planet Earth before he engaged in a three-and-a-half-year ministry that, rocked the, that not only rocked the world, but it rocked the ages. We look at the apostles and, and how that Peter was a fisherman, did not even have ministry on his mind, but how the Most High developed him and that the man was, was boisterous. He was always just speaking out of turn and saying things and operating in the flesh. But the Most High, the, 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 the Messiah was very patient with him, and Peter proved to be one of the most effective of the 12 Messiah, of, of the apostles to carry on the work of the Messiah. So we have to get back to the basics and not so get caught up in the, 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 the apparatus of life that we forget. We get so caught up in the facility that we live in that we forget what's going on inside the facility, that we forget to, to you know, the Bible talks about how we should not, Percy uh, was talking about this last week, that we should not forsake the assemblies of ourselves together. And even more so as we see that day approaching. And now I can understand why the emphasis on more so as we see that day approaching, because we are becoming disconnected. And that's just what the enemy wants. He wants everybody to think in terms of individualism, humanism. It's just about me, myself, what I can do and what I can do for God. No, 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 no. I like, and this is really the sad thing, that when we misunderstand the purpose and the reason for this great ministry that the Most High has deposited within every one of us. When I say every one of us, I'm speaking to every individual that can hear my voice. Because if you're born again, we have all been given this ministry of reconciliation, of reconciling man back unto God. If that's not the priority of your life, you're not going to have fulfillment in this life. Because when you obey the Most High, and that's for which you've been given purpose, well, within that comes all the fulfillment that you need and that you will ever want. So I would just say, really, we have to get back to just the, just the, I mean, literally, just living this life and walking this walk, doing it in the spirit, doing it from the motivation of love, keeping the most high first, always being conscious of how we treat our fellow man, because everybody is going through and everybody is dealing with things. And sometimes we encounter people, you know, at, 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 clerk, at stores, store clerk or whatever, and they may have an attitude. And well, before you go off on them because they didn't serve you correctly, consider, are they dealing with something? Are they going through something? Are they being, are they being oppressed? You never know the things that people deal with, especially in this day and time. And when it comes to the young people, I'll be honest with you. I would not want to be 19 years old living in 2022. 
No, 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 no. People always put on these posts on Facebook, would you like to go back to a certain? No. Age, no. Absolutely not. Because for those who make the stand and who stand against the temptation, I honor them. I celebrate them because what they're being tempted with is I couldn't even conceive the things that they're being tempted with. And I just tempted. I mean, it's being brought it to them. It's being forced upon them. You know, we talk about education. You go into school and you're, today's class is on respecting everybody's sexuality. So now I've got to hear a teacher take 45 minutes and tell me the pros of homosexuality. Well, my parents are adamantly against it based upon their evaluation with the word of God. But they got to contend with this argument in their head. And then they see friends who are gay. And then they wonder, how do I treat these people? Because I know their lifestyle, according to the scriptures, is an abomination. But at the same time, I'm supposed to love them. How do I reconcile this? These are the challenges that we're being faced with in our culture and within our society. And I still say that the word of God endures throughout all generations because it is, the remedy, is the solution is no different from today than it was when they asked the Messiah. What is the greatest commandment? And he said, you should love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, thy mind, and thy body. And the second commandment is likened unto this. You should love thy neighbor as thyself. And so literally, I tell churches, I tell schools, the most valuable thing that you can give a human being when you're trying to teach them and develop them Give them a sense of confidence in who they are. Let them know they are. Let them know that they've been put on this planet for a purpose, that their birth was not a mistake, but that the Most High has a plan and a purpose for their life, and if they'll connect to him, he'll show them that. He'll walk them through it. I sat down yesterday, and my son was amazed, my 15-year-old, when I started telling him some of the things that I've encountered when I was a young man, even before I was married, and you could see the look of awe on his face, like, really? You, you did that? You encountered this? I said, yes, because the Holy Spirit had me on a journey. I said, literally, when I came to the Most High, I was a grown man, but he reared me like I was a little boy and raised me all over again and brought me to a level of maturity. I remember Purcell saying years ago that the Holy Spirit revealed to him, he says, you want to know what it means to be a man? You want to know what it means to grow into that type of maturity? Well, the key word is responsibility. So these are the things that we have to teach our our young sons, these young men. We have to teach these things in the home where they see it, where they see it lived out and walked out with us. You got a 9-year-old, 12-year-old son. You got a yard that needs to be cut. Don't just say go out there and go cut that grass, boy. Make that surge and go out there that Sunday or whatever day you cut the yard. Go out there and cut it with him. Engage him. Engage him. You want to know what's going on with these young people? Engage them. Talk to them. Don't judge them. Engage them. Engage them. Then you'll find out their heart and you'll find out what motivates them. And you'll find out what the fears are. Because that's the thing that you need to know. Because that's what the enemy is using to try to destroy them is their fears. Can you imagine Seth Turner? at 18 years old, and thinking you wouldn't live until you get 21. Do, do me a favor and, and uh, say what you, the question you have for Purcell again. 
Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got so much going on here, it ain't funny. Hold on one second. All right, let me try it again. All right, yeah. Ella Shure, say what you just said again. Mm-hmm. I want Priscilla to respond to that, but I want you to repeat it because it, um, about the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit said, Priscilla asked him. By being a man. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and, and we it was you, Priscilla, myself, and we were just chopping it up like we do now. We were probably out at Waffle House or someplace eating. And Purcell, we were talking about the issue of black manhood. And Purcell said that the Holy Spirit, that the Lord revealed to him, he said, what manhood is, son, is taking on responsibility. It's being able to be responsible and to be reliable. That when you give your word, you keep your word. If you have a job to go to, you do not defraud that man out of his eight hours of work when he's paying you on the job. These are just the small things that literally that grow us into manhood. Now, I might have not got those things. Those things might have not been articulated to me in that way, but my grandfather was the example before me. Well, hold on a second. And I would see him. Uh, hold, hold on a second because I want him to comment on that. Uh, Purcell, yeah. did you remember that conversation? Just just, just go ahead and comment, and Ella should go back to Ella Shield. Just go, we go back and forth. Uh, absolutely, I remember that. I remember that very distinctly. Uh, and the reason I remember it so distinctly is because um, there was so much going on around me that it was so confusing. We had gotten so many different views as to what a man really was. You know, now when I grew up, many of you may be able to attest to this, but when I grew up, uh, the whole idea was, boy, you better hit as many as you can, you know. You want to be a man, you better hit as many as you can. You know, that was the thing. You know, you wanted to get as much sex as you could possibly get. And that made you a man. Well, somehow that just didn't seem right. You know, and unlike Ella sure, I didn't have a grandfather in front of me or my father in front of me to uh, show me uh, what it was to be a man. So I had to go on what the street said, for real, you know. But once I accepted Christ as my Savior, I, I knew that he, had, he would have an answer for me. So, like he said, I asked him. I said, Lord, what is what is it? What does it mean to be a man? You know, what is a man? Simply put, he said, a man is one who masters the art of being responsible. And then I thought about, that's interesting that we're talking about that right now because um, I, had a, I had a conversation earlier today. I actually have an event coming up for men, and it's called Adam, Where Are You? And it comes from the third chapter of the book of uh, Genesis. And in the third chapter of the book of Genesis, the first thing that was challenged where Adam was concerned was responsibility. Because if you remember, Adam came back and said, after he was asked, Adam, where art thou? He came back and said, it was that woman that you gave me. 
So immediately, he didn't he didn't take the position of uh, taking responsibility. Immediately, what he did was he passed the buck. He passed the buck. He began to point his finger in the other direction. So responsibility is huge. Respons- and I heard you say that you wouldn't want to be a 19-year-old again. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either because of the challenges they're facing right now is so much greater and it's so much more subtle than when, than when we were younger. You know, it was in your face, Dick Tracy, when we was growing up. But right now, it's all kinds of uh, uh, slip sliding, peeping and hiding. You got to figure some stuff out. You got to be, you got to be real on top of things. Otherwise, stuff will slide right past you. So, I'm with you on that, my brother. I'm with you on that. It's about, and also, I want to touch what another thing you said that was, I believe, was pertinent. When you said we got to get back to the basics. We got to get back to the basics. I agree with that. You can never go wrong with the basics. That's no. I'm a proponent for the fundamentals. Yep. And all that is is the fundamentals. We talk about going back to the fundamentals. If you look at, if I can use this analogy, if you look at the game of football today as opposed to several years ago, back in the day, we used to teach the basic fundamentals of tackling, the basic fundamentals of covering, the basic fundamentals of covering the ball up when you go through the line, the basic fundamentals of run with your knees high, basic fundamentals of keep your legs churning, keep your legs churning, all, all kinds of basic fundamental stuff. Uh, for DBs, we taught our DBs. Look for the ball. They're not doing that today. That's why you see so many people getting burnt. See, because we've gotten away from the basic fundamentals. Good point. Good and point. That's, that's simply put, basically what he was saying. We got to get back to the basics. We got to get back to the basics on how to love. We got to get love come with too much, too many conditions now. Too many conditions. We fell away from the scriptures. The love, love don't, uh, don't, don't rejoice in somebody else's pain. You know, love is, uh, love is kind. Love is patient. You know, we don't fell away from that stuff, man. We, 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 lose our, we lose our mind at the drop of a hat. And like you said, you don't know what somebody's going through. That's why we got so many people on the other end or that, that nine millimeter. We had, I'm going to lose, let me give you an example. During the COVID era, um, not long ago, there was a young man who was in the bank here in Cincinnati. And he came in the bank without a mask. So there was a couple of guys in there. Of course, the, you know, of course, the, uh, the employee said, hey, sir, you have, to, you have to, you know, put a mask on. And, of course, whatever it is he was going through, you know, he, was, he wasn't feeling them. So there was a couple of tough guys who they thought was going to make a difference if the employees 
wasn't able to make this man put a mask on. What makes you think you say something to him, you ain't going to do nothing to piss him off even the more? Well, that's exactly mm-hmm. what happened. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. These brothers got all up in his face talking about, bro, you need to put on a mask and da-da-da-da-da and yada-yada-yada. Well, when them brothers left out, they went across the street to the gas station. Well, guess who followed them to the gas station? Mm. That brother, that brother mm. they was trying to put, make, put a mask on. But this dude went to the gas station with them in broad daylight, y'all, in, in the middle of the day, in broad daylight, went over there and gunned these dudes down right in the parking lot of Shell Gas Station with the police there. Yeah. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. When that man said, uh, you don't know what people are going through, you really have no idea what people are going through. Now, there's a scripture that, that admonishes us to be careful because we might be entertaining angels unaware. It don't, my mama used to say, you can get more bees with honey than you can with vinegar. That's right. It don't cost you nothing to be kind. Nothing. Nothing. It don't cost you nothing, nothing. to say good morning. It don't cost you nothing to say, how you doing today? It don't cost you nothing to, to show yourself friendly. But it can cost you everything to act a fool, not knowing what somebody's mindset is. Mm-hmm. See, it's something called, I used to teach, called social and emotional learning. This is something that should have been taught years ago. I'm 53 years old, and I learned so much teaching that class. I learned more in the year that I taught that class than I've learned in my 53 years. Yeah. I learned about something, and I'm going to be quiet. I learned about something uh, as simple as this. Something we learned... We, called morality, right, or, or morals, right? Well, teaching this class, I learned about morals or moral, which simply means being concerned about right and wrong. That's the definition of moral, okay? Then I learned that there was, a, there was another part of that, okay? There's something called moral identity, has anybody okay. heard that term? Moral Go identity. Go Let me tell you what moral identity means. This is where you separate the wheat from the tail. <laughs> moral identity simply means what you believe is right and wrong. Mm. See, now see, with that definition... With the mind I got, that changes the playing field. See, because what you think, what you might think is wrong, I might not think ain't nothing wrong with it. Exactly. See, I might have came exactly. up a whole nother way. I might have been taught 
a whole different way. But because of that murky water, you can have some issues with that. Because something else I learned in my 53 years, and I've learned it, and I've learned it since I've gotten older. As since I've gotten older, I've learned it. I learned that common sense ain't common. <laughs> common sense, y'all, is not common. We encounter on a daily basis some of the most common sense experiences that somehow when when God was passing out common sense, somehow they had got out of line. I, I, know, I might be the only one that feel like it. I might... I might be you know what, on, on that point yeah. right there, what you just said that, the reason is is because in the term, the definition is that which is common. And what a lot of people, this is like you said something, you said about responsibility. And I have to ask you just a question. I'd like to know what your thoughts are in regard to this. Okay. I was talking to a young lady one time, <clears throat> me and my wife. And she was telling me about the person she involved with playing off on her. And, okay. And so she asked me what was my response. I said my response is, is that you've gotten a boy who hasn't figured it out what it means to be a man. And she said, what do you mean by that? Just because I said no. I said love. Paul said this. Paul said when I was a child, spoken child, understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put childish things away. And I remember I asked God years ago, even when I was at ORU, I said, Father, what is the fulfillment of being a man and being a man of God? Not just being a man, but being a man of God. He said, well, go read Paul. He said, read what Paul had to say about love. And he said, and you should be able to draw the conclusion and arrive at the answer that you're looking for. And I saw it immediately. That the sign of maturity, responsibility, is a sign of manhood. It's a sign of adulthood. But the Lord showed me, he said, the sign of maturity is your ability to love people unconditionally. He said, until you've mastered that, you have not walked in maturity. He said, the sign of maturity. Say that again. Say that again. Yeah. Yeah. He said, yeah, until you have mastered your ability to love people unconditionally, you have not arrived at the state of maturity. And when you hear Paul, when he gives that description of what love is, the very thing that Purcell was describing when he first came on and he began to quote Romans 13 when he talks about love is not puffed up. Love does not seek its own. Love yeah. does not envy. Love does not entertain yeah. ill reports against people. Slander. Yeah. When you master that, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. When you master that, you are now come to the age of and uh, to the stage of maturity. Because I've learned that there are people who are ninety years of age who have not mastered how to love people. That's right. And then I know some people 
And then I know some children, eight, nine years old, who walk out love perfect. And and, yeah. and, and the Holy Spirit told me, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said simply, he said, he who exhibits love, he who lives it, that is one who has attained the level of maturity of which the Bible, which the Bible refers to as perfection. So when the scripture says, be ye perfect, even if he is perfect, that's exactly what it's saying. Because guess what? Seth, you know this. Brother Purcell, you know this. What does this, We know that when somebody has harmed us, we have to consciously in that moment reject our flesh. Do we not? Absolutely. When my son was killed in a car accident, and he was killed by a, a, a guy driving an 18-wheeler truck, truck in incumbent weather at 2 o'clock in the morning when he should have been pulled over sleep and had driven more hours than he did, people ask me, they say, how do you feel about him? You haven't given him much thought. I said, what do you mean you haven't given him much thought? I said, well, when it first happened, I knew not to even try to process that feeling because it was too early. But when I was able to consciously question, had I, did I have any ill remorse or unforgiveness for this man? And I realized I was a little bit irritated that I didn't get a card or something expressing the loss of my child that you, whose life you took. Now, I come to find out that that was for legal means and that his, his company he worked for wouldn't even allow him to do that. Yeah, that's what happened is like, yeah. but, but what, ha- what hit me immediately, before I could get a chance to get bitter or anything, again, you got to start wondering what people are going through. Here's a man driving in incumbent weather. Come to find out he has a company, has a, a family. He's driving in incumbent weather, 3 o'clock in the morning. It's raining and sleeting outside. He's actually driven more hours than he should. What is he doing? He's just out there trying to work a nine-to-five, trying to provide for his family. He did not exercise the best of judgment. But then I realized that in my life, I've not always exercised the best of judgment. And my inability to exercise the best of judgment at that time has rendered certain people hardship. So I had That's to come deep. to the place That's deep right there, there bro. I had to come to the place where he said, forgive them as I've forgiven you. And so immediately at that moment, it was like, okay, all right. It was an accident. He didn't go out there and get in his truck and intend to take my son's mic. I know that's not what he's thinking when he got in his truck that night. So what I'm saying, simply put, and from based off what Purcell was just saying, and literally that's what I mean by go back to the basics. Because to me, when I remember, when I used to go to a church called Christian Outreach Center here in the city of Fort Worth, the word was good. That ain't what impressed me. That ain't what captured my attention and made me attend that church for a number of years until I went off to college. It was the love that they showed. It was the fellowship among the saints. It was fellowshipping with people who saw the world in the same view that I saw it, who understood that we live in a dark world, but we possess light within us. And we had a responsibility, a duty, and obligation to the word that was given to us to express that with the people that we came in contact with. That, to me, is the basic 
of having a relationship with the Most High. He says, how can you love me whom you don't see when you don't love your neighbor whom you do see? And so why does Israel operate with him? Pastor, kick it back to you, Seth, the first cell. Why does Israel, our young people, behave the way who they do? Because they don't know who they are. And they're despised and rejected That's and held in contempt rather than embraced. But when I sit down and I told my daughter, and I remember I started telling my daughter who she was in Israel and told her that she was a princess and that God had great things destined for her. Oh, her shoulders got squared. Her head got tipped. And I told her, I said, you have to understand that what you feel now has nothing to do with what you put on, what you wear. I said, that came from within. I said, that's your esteem right there. That's your self-esteem right there. And I said, as long as you hold on to that and keep your hand in the most high, whatever he's called you to do, you're going to do it. And I don't care how big it is, how small it is, as long as you remember that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You may not have everything that everybody has, but you got enough for the task that is ahead of you. Because he gave you, his grace is most efficient. He gave you all that you need. And I just say that to some young person out there right now who is struggling, who, like Purcell said, when he was at that age and he was just struggling, trying to get an understanding of what, what manhood was because what he had been taught was inconsistent with the truth. And because Purcell, my friends taught that same thing. And I realized one day, literally, why am I running around here trying to be a player? I don't feel that. I'm doing and what other people have said. That doesn't even bear witness with my conscience. And to interject quickly now, uh, uh, but uh, Purcell, what he's saying, what Purcell said, that's most men, especially so-called black men. Not that we're inferior, but when we went out to conquer other things, doors were closed. We was disenfranchised. That's right. The business world. So what was close to us are women. So it ain't all like we just dogs or nothing like that. But Purcell, what he was saying was is key on, spot on. We all went through that. Yeah, I mean, Brother Farrakhan speaking on that same subject. Hey, Brother Farrakhan? That was crazy. It was crazy. You know, it was crazy. Because I don't know what it was. Even as a a young child, I always had... Uh, Hold on, hold on, Purcell. uh, And then I want you you to finish. Don't you drop the... Don't don't keep the mic. Then LSU is going to come in. We're going to grab the show up. But those of you that's listening to us, I just got... The, the little warning from Blog Talk that we got 60 seconds now, probably 30 seconds. If you want to keep listening, you need to call the phone number, 914, right there in front of you. If you got that promo, well, I, didn't, I didn't send a promo, promo out this show. Actually, this is the first show in years. I've never sent one promo out. So, uh, anyway, if you listen to us and you're on Blog Talk, um, you know you got to call that number, 914-205-5590. One more time, 914-205-5590. We will roll over just a few minutes. But Purcell, go ahead with your train of thought and then Ella Shore, and then we get final word for Purcell and wrap up the show. Purcell, go right ahead. Ironically, He's muted. I, I can tell. Okay, yeah, well, to help this train of thought, LSU, say what you said last, and that may happen. 
Uh, um, I forgot what I said. But I'll be well, yeah, I, I think I, I, I said earlier that what Purcell said about the men, and Purcell, you started off saying that was crazy. That was your example. Yeah. That was crazy. I don't know if that yeah, helps I, you. I remember. Uh, but like I was saying, I, Purcell, uh, what he was saying, brothers and sisters, we wind the show down. Is is this thing of, of defining yourself through your manhood, or through your lower nature, or through your lower head, whatever y'all want to call that down there? Uh, but that's where a lot of men at it. They're on a horrible line. So hold on a second. It always happens towards the end of the show. Y'all heard that noise? So just hold on, everybody. Yeah. Hold on one second. I'm gonna wait to Purcell. Then stop. Okay, stop. So listen, what Purcell was saying, everybody, is this. A lot of black men, like I was saying earlier, we didn't have the opportunity. Um, some people broke through barriers and did it, but it just wasn't cool to have black men up in offices and stuff. I remember I used to type, and when I used to go into my job assignments, especially the temp assignments, they looked at me like I was crazy. Almost six feet black man in there to type. And I could type really good, fast. And they just looked at me. So I can only imagine anybody that say, hey, I don't want to do hard labor. I want to perhaps work in the office because I know there's all types of things I can learn. And it's like you're crazy. They looked at me like I was crazy. I'm sure it looked like anybody else like they was crazy. And I was in school and college and so forth. But not only that, but just, just in, in if you didn't even pursue an office, because that's still working a nine to five. If you pursued a business, it was probably, not probably, it was worse. If you start with a black man trying to start, some black people would even give you a, a, a hard time because of where their minds were. So our women didn't give us a hard time, and that was the only open door, so to speak, uh, for us as young black men. So, of course, we thought the more women I go through. So I know there's a lot of people out there with daddy issues, and, and just know all this is because of uh, us being in the land that's not our, our that's not our own, and like LSU has said, we have to talk about these kinds of things about uh, because if we don't talk about this in the church, as far as who we are, uh, my goodness, you're not going to be able to understand none of why we do what we do. It's going to look like we in, inferior. You know why all these men doing the same thing, going through these women? They must be inferior. That's what a lot of our mm-hmm. ethnic groups looking at us say. They are inferior. Mm-hmm. They've been in this country all this time. They can't. They can't. We could be, we've been here five years and got our own business. These people been here fifty years or a hundred years, two hundred years, and they've been. So people got to understand who we are. Like Miles Monroe said, if you don't understand the purpose of a thing, he's right. Abuse is inevitable. Purcell, did you come up with your thought yet? Yes, I did. Uh, I think I was saying that um, I didn't know it then, but I think I've always had a God consciousness. Because, And I say that because when I was a child, I always had a desire My family was broke up when I was six years old. Um, I can remember as a six-year-old or uh, 
five-year-old, four-year-old, something to that, somewhere around in there. I can remember uh, my mother and my father getting into it. And I can remember my father on top of my mother on the bed uh, holding her down, you know, like they was in a fight. They wasn't being lovey-dovey. It was a, it was a fight. And I can remember as a young boy jumping on my father's back and him rearing back and just kind of throwing me off of him and I almost fell down the steps of our apartment. But um, I don't know if it was that experience that made me feel like I hated the fact that a man would mistreat a woman you know, or I hated the whole idea of cheating. Um, I'm not saying now. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not holier than thou, and I, I got to the place where I never cheated. But I will tell you this: I think I cheated maybe one or two times my whole life, and uh, I struggled with it. I struggle. I can remember one time um, having a girlfriend and I was cheating, and I got to the point where I was like, you know what, I can't do this no more. I mean, I was, I was a youth man. I said, man, I can't do this no more. And so I was over the 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 girlfriend's house, or not the girlfriend's house. I was over the person I was cheating with's house, and my girlfriend called me on my phone. And rather than me erase the number from the last call that I received, I said, you know what, I can't do this no more. And the girl where I was at, she wanted to see my phone. So she grabbed my phone, took my phone. Actually, I gave her my phone. And she saw the number that was called, so she called the number back, and she talked to my girlfriend. I was like, I'm just, I can't do it no more. I mean, I just fessed up. I mean, I'm like, I can't do this. I just something it just gave. It was a bad taste in my mouth. You know, to this day, you know, I had that bad taste in my mouth. Um, so I always want. I always desire to have a family. Now that I have a family, so I have to tell you, man, I go hard for my family. You know. I go hard for my wife. My yes, wife don't yes, take no does. garbage out. Does. You know, my wife don't take no garbage out. My wife don't touch no door handles. No door handles. No door handles on buildings. No door handles on the car. My wife is conditioned now to sit in the car until I come and open the door. I just, I just have this thing in me where I hate to see somebody being mistreated. It's almost like some of you may be, may be able to relate to this. Many of you know or remember the movie The Equalizer with, with Denzel Washington. All Denzel Washington was, or all, all his mission was, was to... Look out for those people who couldn't look out for themselves. That was his thing. If if I was a superhero, 
I would be a vigilante superhero where I would go around. If somebody snatched a woman's bag, I would run him down, go oops upside his head, take the bag back, and bring it back to the lady he took it from. That type of stuff. I just don't like to see people being mishandled because it, 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 it really just costs too much. It don't like I said before, it don't cost you nothing, man, to be kind. It don't cost you nothing to be kind to somebody. You know. That's why this whole pay it forward movement got so big. Where people start paying for people's groceries in the in the uh, checkout lines and stuff, you know, or people would just pay for people's stuff and not let nobody know who paid for it. Ti Ti went into uh, Walmart and bought every child that was in Walmart Christmas gifts. See, if I had money like that, I would do stuff like that. Wow. If I don't see a mother on the side of the street sitting and waiting on the the uh the bus, I would if if I had the means, I would pick her up, take her, buy her a car, get her an apartment, and pay her rent up at least six months to a year. And say you don't owe me nothing I just hate to see you out there with them babies Sitting there waiting on that bus Well hey Purcell That's pretty touchy man I mean you're touching something I like to do And I bet you not You might not buy yourself I'm sure a lot of people that have money uh, Would do just that Just so you know it's, It's a lot of good people still in this world But listen We gotta close out this show and I wanted you to go ahead and give your final. Then I want Elishua to comment on anything you said and give his final. We're going to wrap up the show. So while you're talking, you might as well go ahead and wrap it up in a little bit. Give your final. And then Elishua, comment on anything you've heard uh, Purcell say and give your final. Y'all, we got to wrap the show pretty quickly, though. So go ahead, uh, Purcell, Man, my please. Final, my final words is this is what the Bible says. The Bible said, whatsoever good thing you make happen for somebody else, God will make happen for you. And I love you, and it's not a thing you can do about it. And I'm out. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Enjoy, up, enjoy, enjoy yourself. Up, I think Gary Brother, uh, somebody said something. What was that, Ella Shaw? I said, don't hang up just yet. I know you, you can sit your mouth for it, but don't hang up. Because there's something I want to say that I want to direct it to you. Who, myself okay. or Purcell? Purcell. Okay, go ahead uh, 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 and direct just Purcell before you. Okay, this is my final word as well. Uh, I was Purcell, I'm going to mention line for the beginning. Hold on, let me mute this line while, you, while you're sharing it. And if we want to, you may bring it back on. But okay. So, okay, let's mute okay. this line. Okay, now go ahead. I was debating whether I wanted what I was going to say is my final word until what Purcell ended his on. And I believe that that's something that is, it's like, in other words, that bore witness with my spirit because the most high has been speaking to me in regard to something that Purcell just said. 
the last three or four days. I had a dream about it. I had a cousin who lives in uh, Melrose, Florida, who called me and told me she had a dream about me about the same thing in regard. And Priscilla, what I'm about to say to you is you've probably heard this a lot of times, but a word spoken in due season is like is like apples of, of gold in plates of silver. Here's what I'm about to say. A lot of the pro- – and I'll make this real quick because I know Seth's got to, got to close the show out – is that I despise the prosperity doctrine because I saw the fallacy of it, and I saw how that it was taking people's sincere love and affection from the Father. It was taking it away from the Father of wanting to commune and be intimate with the Father, and now the attention was on ourselves and on things and on wanting to be comfortable. I understood that not to be the gospel that I had read, and that wasn't the experience of the apostles. But what Brother Purcell just said right there, him, me, there are literally thousands of people in the earth today right now feeling things just like what Brother Purcell said of what he would do if he was afforded the ability to do that. And the Most High has taken a lot of us through some things. I've been homeless, literally. And when I went homeless, I didn't go homeless, just me, myself. I was homeless with my whole family. And then a few years after that, through an unfortunate set of circumstances, God blessed me greatly. And I did exactly what Purcell said. And all this week, the Holy Spirit has been telling me, it's about to come back around. Because just as you are prophetic, understand this. This is a prophetic, a prophetic moment in an hour. And we're about to see the wealth of the sinner that has been stored up, laid up, be transferred to the just. But he put in the set aside, he said in the point of time, he said it's for the end time. And it's for the furtherment of the gospel of the kingdom, not a religion, and for the return of Israel. And I'm telling you right now, if I ever said anything to you prophetically, first I'm speaking to you directly and people who are listening, a lot of you people have been going without. you just barely been able to make ends meet. But your heart is a heart of gold, just like Purcell. And God is about to bless you in ways that you could not have even imagined. That's what makes it so amazing. But he knows now he's brought you to a place through trials and tribulations and through the trying and testing of your faith, that he can test you, he can trust you with his riches. You have a blessed week. I love y'all. Bless the most high. Hallelujah. I give you praise. And again, Seth, thank you for the opportunity. Well, uh, let me just open up Priscilla's line and see if he had any comments on what you got to say. He got to make it within 10 seconds. Priscilla, any comments on what you just heard from LSU really quickly in 10 seconds? I received it, and I'm out. Wow. Wow. That was good. He said, I receive it. Well, sure again, thank you for, man, the word, Priscilla. Again, I thank you. Uh, but, Ella, sure, that was very well put, and I'm sure the people uh, listening received that as well. Thank you for offering that to the people. I don't think we ever did that before quite like that. Thank you, though. All right? All right. Yes, yes, yes. Thanks, Seth. Yeah, brothers and sisters, these brothers try hard. I hope y'all heard their heart, especially at the end. You heard Purcell talking about just getting a little personal there. 
very good show, very unique show. This is a show I actually be looking forward to listening to again because I don't always be listening to 100% of what they're saying because I be watching the boys, see who's calling, who's hanging up, volume, this, that, and the other. I don't have a sound guy this time, folks. We don't have all the, all the co-hosts in the house, so I have to do a little bit more. So I plan to listen to it again, but that was very good advice. And, Brother Ellis, I want to thank you for even offering advice to my um, my um, – well, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm referring to. Uh, we talked earlier, so some of that advice was to, to myself because I'm going through some things with my son, and uh, some of this was, again, y'all, we don't have it together necessarily like that, and a lot of times you're hearing things just for us as well. We do not preach down at you. We preach equally to you. Like Purcell said, love every single one of you, and there is nothing you can do about it. Folks, Sunday, excuse me, Thursday, uh, we'll try to have another show. I, these days, I can't speak with certainty anymore. It's a lot happening. What the brother said, I tried to explain to you a little bit earlier if you was listening the early part of the show. But I am going to uh, keep trying to do these shows, brothers and sisters. Don't give up on me. Keep me in your prayers. A lot that that I go through, and uh, I just want you to just again keep us in your prayers. Um, Sunday. Uh, we'll continue to uh, have our. Um, we'll continue to try to keep that show open as well, talking about white supremacy, folks. It's, it's not easy doing these shows. That's all I can tell you. It's just not easy. Um, y'all pray for me. Pray for Brother Seth. I mean, I know I sound like I got it together and all that, but I really don't. And to be honest with you, I'm very vulnerable right now. Um, a lot of things coming at your brother. A lot of things coming at your brother. Some things I don't understand. We've been out here a long time, Purcell and Ella Shure and myself, just talking about these kinds of things. And and uh, a lot of people, you know, a lot of times you wonder why and why come things are not happening as soon as. That's where I'm at now. There's a lot of things in my personal life that I just, I don't understand why things are not happening as fast as they do. You know, we've been on this this, this journey, this this, this uh just so in a long time, brothers and sisters, and it's just sometimes I don't know what the Father, his timetable is in, and I'm sure that I need more patience. I need the spirit to manifest the gift of patience in my life as I submit to it. Uh, but I tell you what, brother, your brother right here, I am tired. I'm ready to see some more fruit. Y'all, we've been working here a long time. Um, I had a song up that I really wanted to share I can't find it but I got to go ahead and close out with this um with this song so um this is a good one this is an old one um but I try my best to leave out with songs that really put some on your heart and this is going to do it so even though I couldn't find the other one maybe it's the father will that I'll play this one so good night love every single one of you again and there's nothing you can do about it we'll see you on Thursday night Can come here.
to 